Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. If you want to get someone's attention, just tell them a great story. If you want to inspire someone, share your success story. And that's what this show is all about. In the spotlight, a woman who knows all about the power of stories. As the director of the Roxbury International Film Festival and the Color of Film Collaborative, she is determined to shine a bright light on the mission of both to screen films that celebrate people of color across the world, and to support filmmakers who are creating media that is aligned with their mission. The quality of her work has been acknowledged with many awards, including the Image Award from Women in Film New England and the Leadership Award from the Urban League Guild of Eastern Massachusetts. What she does to make sure that powerful stories are heard, seen, and shared is inspiring. Sounds like an incredible job and an even bigger responsibility to get it all right. So let's find out. Her name is Lisa Simmons, and this is her story. Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is so nice to meet you and to sit side by side with you, find out more about who you are and what you do. The Roxbury International Film Festival is being held in Boston June 20th through the 30th. So let's dive into some of the films you're featuring. Oh my gosh, there are so many incredible, incredible films. I am so excited about all of them. But I think that one of the ones that I'm most excited about is our opening night film, Liana, which if you go on our website, if you go on the Museum of Fine Arts website where most of the films are screening, you'll see this incredible image, this animated image of this little girl. The story is so compelling. And that's really what this year's theme about for the 20th anniversary of the film festival is about storytelling and about the importance of telling your story, right? The importance of making sure that voices that are often unheard get heard. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a filmmaker. That doesn't mean you, you know, you have to be a writer. There are stories in all of our families. There are stories from the crossing guard to your uncle, to your grandmother, to your parents. Whatever those stories are, they need to be heard. One of the things that we really wanted to push this year was that idea of storytelling. And Liana, we're opening, it's our opening night film on the 21st. So it might seem confusing, but we do a pre-opening festival program, which is going to be Black Panther, which is an outdoor screening of Black Panther. But the actual opening of the festival is the 21st with this film, Liana, which is a docu-animated film, which is just incredible. You talked about the art of storytelling and the reason why it's so important. Ever since the beginning of time, human beings have had a need to tell their story. Right. And I think it's so important, especially in a, in a time when we're all so focused on our computers or our iPhones and we're not having conversations one-on-one with people. We don't get to learn about people. You don't learn about the people you work with. You don't learn about the people that you're around, that even your friends have stories that you might not even know about their families. And I feel like that's like just the most basic way of understanding somebody, having empathy and compassion and listening which is just a huge part of what we need to be doing in our culture right now, right? There are a couple more movies that I saw on your list that were very interesting. Tell me a little bit about The Lucky Specials. The Lucky Specials is really an interesting film. And, you know, a lot about the Roxbury International Film Festival are films that make you think, right, that are provocative, that push you into social justice and thinking about ways that you can support. So this particular film is a great film about a band that 
really wants to be big and hit it big, but two of the band members end up getting tuberculosis. And it's this whole film that really, it's not focused on that, but it really talks about in that space how people get sick and get better and really pushes the idea of tuberculosis and getting screened for that. So those that type of film we thought was really important to bring to our population, our audience. These are films from around the world. Around the world. Talk about gin. Oh, gin. So gin was at South by Southwest. It actually won a special award at South by Southwest. And it's really a sort of coming of age story. And really brilliantly shot and the director you know i mean it's it's what what excites me about the festival and these stories are that our festival isn't like laden with celebrities and and that's all well and good too but really for us it's about these stories like Jin and Lucky Specials and Liana that you're not necessarily going to see anywhere else but the stories are so important for people to see on the big screen and not necessarily on a small iPhone and you're a, giving them a place to be seen and yes. heard and shared the Rape of Reese Taylor. I had a chance to see the trailer for that. And I kind of had to stop right. and walk away from it and then go back and watch the rest. That is an important film for all of us to see. You know, it's the, the Rape of Reese Taylor has been out for a little while. We felt really compelled to bring it to the film festival. There were some audience members, people who had asked us whether or not we were going to bring it, and we felt like it was a really important film to bring. She just recently passed, but to have gone through and to live her life after such a horrific thing that happened to her so many years ago is, to me, an inspiration. And to be able to bring that story to the forefront now is just important for us to remember sort of the history of things and the present day and where we are now and how little, possibly, that we've moved from certain aspects of history to present day. If you are interested in any of these films, and we certainly hope that you are, we're talking about the Roxbury International Film Festival, otherwise known as Rock's Film, right? But we were talking about the rape of Reese Taylor, and it chronicles the gang rape of a 24-year-old black mother and a sharecropper named Reese Taylor. She was raped by six white boys in 1944 in Alabama, which is commonly known at that point as the Jim Crow South. And few women spoke up when things like that happened. And she did. And I think her testimony, and like you said, the way she lived her life was an example of a woman being truly courageous Yes, more than 50 years ago. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we have films in the festival that are very celebratory, but we also have films that help make you think and make you understand the history behind some of the things that happen and the inspirational stories of men and women against all odds to persevere and to be able to move forward. And The Rape of Reese Taylor is one of those films. You look at it through the lens of 2018 and hashtag Me Too and Time's Up, yes. and you realize that that film has a lot to talk about what we're going through today exactly. in the entertainment business. Exactly. And it just and it goes back to talking about how important it is for people to tell their stories because oftentimes those stories are reflective in things that are going on in the present day. And the things that we're dealing with in the present day have roots somewhere else. And to, so to understand that and know that gives value to that current story. 
I'm going to guess that when you are planning the festival every year, you are overwhelmed by entries, your team and you. How do you find your way through them? How do you find those diamonds that really shine, that speak to you? Does something happen where you watch yes. something and the hair goes up on your <laughs> on your arm? Tell me how it works. It does. And it has gotten much more difficult over the course of the last 20 years, right? More people are making films, more people are making incredible films. But that's exactly what happened with Liana. When Liana came forward and I watched it, I, I was so... And the team was so moved by this story and the beautifulness of this story that when I talk about it, I get verklempt, basically, because it is so the story of these orphan kids being helped along in their trauma through storytelling and a storyteller helping them tell this story of this little girl who becomes a heroine. And then it gets animated on the screen in this incredibly beautiful animation. I get goosebumps now. Yes. So they talk to you. It, it And it's difficult. It's really difficult. I mean, there are films that we have to leave, so to speak, on the cutting room floor because we just don't have the time to do it because you know, for Rock's film, we don't overlap films because our audience asked us a number of years ago please don't overlap. I want to see all of them. So we've honored that, which means some of the films aren't going to be able to get in there. Yes, it's, it's an arduous process, and it's it involves index cards and a dining room table and a shuffling of <laughs> what's going to fit in where. Oh, that sounds like old, that sounds like old school to it me. It is. It's got to be. It's, it's wonderful. Where um, does your love of film come from? I didn't go to school for film or video. I was going to be a lawyer and save the world and do juvenile justice. I came out of college and I thought, you know, I kind of want to be an actress. I think I'll try that. And so I went to a couple of auditions and I had my first commercial as a girl riding a bike in a commercial, an Old Spice commercial. I was like, oh my gosh, I made it. And when Wait I a saw, second, can I find I, that somewhere? I don't know. But I tell you, I was so excited. And when I saw the cut, the only thing that made it was my foot. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is show business. <laughs> this is show business. But I got bit by the bug. And I was acting and, and an actress and doing VO work for a number of years. And then I started The Color of Film because I really wanted to get people of color together in one space to create their own products, their own films, and work with each other. So from there, at that same time, the Roxbury and the Roxbury Film Festival is when it was. It was actually the Dudley Film Festival. That's how it started. And Act Roxbury and Candelaria Silver were starting this film festival, and they wanted color film to be a part of it. So we came together, and it's been history ever since. And I'm just passionate about the stories, and I'm passionate more about independent filmmakers. 20 years and 1,200 oh. screenings, right? This is pretty unbelievable. You are passionate about the WPA's Negro Theater Project, which existed between 1935 and 1939. You're doing a film about it, a oh documentary. Tell us about your project. I've been doing this film forever. So La- I, I, Labor I, of love, labor, is it fair to say that? It is, is clearly a labor of love. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. 
When my aunt died a number, number of years ago, we, we found, my mom and my sister and I found in her closet this whole big bin of all, all these documents. And we were like, what is this? They were images from the WPA. They were plays. They were letters that she used to write to my uncle, who was an actor in the WPA theater. So it was the Negro Theater of the WPA from 1935 to 1939. There was a Negro Theater, a Yiddish Theater, an Irish Theater, Italian Theater, all in Boston. It's like the only time the federal government actually paid people to do work on, on theater. And so my grandfather was the stage manager. My aunts and uncles were all writers and directors and producers. They traveled all around New England. They did a lot of their theater at the Huntington Theater in Boston. You know, after finding that, at that point I was a graduate student at Emerson, and I was like, I should do my thesis on this. And so I did a short 20-minute film. It begs to be an hour-long documentary. It's still something that, like, hangs heavy over me because I've got to get it done. Wow. So I'm hearing about a grandfather, an uncle, aunts, traveling theater, finding a box filled with these things. This is in your blood. Yes. You know, it's really funny because you never, you don't know that, right? It's going back to storytelling, right? Yeah. It's going back to looking at your own family and having conversations with them. And I did talk to my grandfather about this. And he was like, oh, yeah, we just did theater. Never really thinking that it was going to be, that, that it was history in the making. And my uncle Frank Silvera went on to do the High Chaparral and move to L.A. and start the Theater of Being and start the, you know, I mean, there were all these sorts of things. And I thought maybe this is in my blood and this is maybe this is why I'm just so passionate about these independent voices. I've always believed that the apple doesn't fall that far Mm. from the tree, right? You mentioned a few things while you were talking that I wanted to pick up on as part of our conversation today. You talked about going to Emerson, Mm -hmm. but thinking that you wanted to become a lawyer. Was there a light bulb moment where you said, I don't want to do that? There was. (laughs) So I came out of school and I was paralegal for a number of years. And I realized that the legal field wasn't something I wanted to go into. Then I just sort of started really focusing on, you know, how to create this space, not only for myself, but for filmmakers and producers and writers and actors of color in the Boston area to bring those voices forward. It sounds to me if you wanted to do something around juvenile law, social justice has got to be part of this passion. Absolutely. I mean, I was passionate about working in juvenile justice, and uh, and I did that when I was in college, and I was a sociology major, and I just really felt compelled to help. I was a, I was a court-appointed special advocate for a number of years in the juvenile court system in Boston and really loved that work. What's been the biggest part of your journey so far for you? When you look back on it, and you've got so much more to accomplish, but what sticks out for you as as one of the big learning curves of this journey? Wow. I think it's just perseverance and, and sticking with it regardless of if you're hearing negative voices or, <laughs> or if you screen a film and only one person comes. And I always say, but that one person's going to tell another person. And that one person came to see that. And to not be so caught up in the volume of whoever's coming to see whatever you're producing, but that the quality of it and that you are affecting change in some way and making a difference when somebody sees a film that you felt really passionate about and learn from it and they feel inspired by it and they go away thinking, wow, what an experience. Do you feel at all like a trailblazer in your field? Oh, wow. 
I don't know if I'd call myself a trailblazer. Well, here you are the director of the Roxbury <laughs> International Film Festival and the Color of Film Collaborative. And some of the messages that you're trying to send out into the world are not easy to tell. Right. That makes you a trailblazer. Uh, I hereby appoint you. <laughs> Why, a trail, thank you. A trailblazer. Yes, we are. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a, a word that needs to really get filled with a lot of stuff. I think that people who are trailblazers, it's sort of like you just go into it, right, because you have a passion for it. And then you continue doing it regardless of whatever you're going to come up against to because do it, right? The because the story must needs... be told. And these stories, these films need to be told. We, we had a film last year that was so painful, I didn't even want to put it in the festival. But I felt like it was about, um, you know, child trafficking. And, you know, it was in the afternoon and maybe 10 people actually went to see it. But they came out of that film thinking... And actually, someone else said, I want to pick it up and I want to screen it at various other places. And you just don't know what impact you're going to have Like on a people. drop of water, they say, right. making all those ripples. What is your leadership philosophy? Here you are running the Roxbury International Film Festival, the collaborative. Well, you know, what's your style? How do you inspire others around you? I think it's really just to listen to people and to give people a voice and to give people space to talk about that issue or that situation that they're passionate about. And I think it's sort of hands-off, but it's also just like being in that space and being present when you're in that space. Filmmakers will call me and want to sit down and have a conversation and discuss the film that they're working on or how to navigate something. And I think for me, it's just really being there and listening to what they have to say and giving advice and support to that. Do you have a mentor? My mother. She's an incredible inspiring woman and everybody who meets her says that I think she's just taught us my brother my sister and I to be present to be respectful to follow your dreams and to really spend time understanding the people around you and what it is you're doing and the impact that you're that you're having on people and places that you go when a person sits down in their seat in a theater at one of these screenings to watch one of these powerful films this coming June 20th through the 30th for the Roxbury International Film Festival. What do you hope they experience? What do you hope they walk away with? I want them to experience something they've never experienced before. I want them to walk away with hope and inspiration. I want them to walk away educated and inspired by what they've seen. Success means different things to different people at different times in their lives. We all have chapters in our lives, right? You're frozen right now, Lisa Simmons. What does success mean to you? At this particular moment, success means to me that every single one of those screenings are filled with at least 100 people and that the filmmakers feel love and passion from the audience members that are there to see their work. Can you offer a piece of wisdom for someone of color listening to this interview somewhere around the world, somebody who has a story but just needs that extra push from someone like you to make it happen? I say tell the story. Just tell the story. Find a way to tell the story that you want to tell. And I mean write it down on a piece of paper, get your iPhone and record it, Whatever it takes, just do it. So many times we say, I wish I had, I wish I had, like with my grandfather. I was supposed to interview him for the Negro Theater, and I said, 
oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and I didn't. You have to just do it, and you have to get it done. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? Wow, I think about it. (laughs) How do I get around it? I talk to people about it. I talk to people about it. I talk to my mother and my sister, and I work through it, and I breathe, and I find a way around it. And it's not always easy. And, you know, especially when you're putting up a a festival year after year after year, there's always obstacles. There's always situations. But there's always a way to talk around it. And I think if you just let it sit, it doesn't get done. And then it just becomes anxiety-driven, anxiety-provoking. I think that's what I do is to talk through it and find people to help me around that obstacle. You can't do it alone. My final question has to do with the art of storytelling. For you, where's the magic in a great story? The magic in a great story is in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. The magic in a great story is telling that story with passion and compassion and having that through line be all the way through. There is so much power in a story that enlightens somebody and that you feel just as passionate about it. So remember when you're telling that story, don't forget that passion. Don't forget that reason why you're telling that story. And don't lose the main character in that story because you think it needs to be replaced with something else. Always go with your gut. And the stuff that makes your hair stand on end. Yes, yes. (laughs) I want to say thank you, Lisa Simmons, so much for being our guest this week on the story behind her success. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to The Story Behind Her Success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?